Guys, good Tuesday afternoon. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on the water cooler of Charlottesville, Virginia. It's the I Love Seville show, a program that airs Mondays through Friday from 1230 to sometimes 2 o'clock and beyond on this network, the I Love Seville network. Today's show is broadcasted literally on every social media platform known to mankind, and we encourage you, the viewer and listener, to join us in the discussion by asking questions leaving comments, or just participating on any of the platforms you're engaging with us upon. This show, I think, is going to be impactful. We're going to talk about trends and stories that matter to this community. The topic matter on this show is not always comfortable, but it's honest. The topic matter on this show is raw, it's real, and it impacts neighbors, friends, and families alike. Today's program, we're going to ask these questions. What is it like to do business on the downtown mall? How are the homeless and aggressive panhandling impacting small business owners in downtown Charlottesville? How is Sam Sanders, the CEO of the city of Charlottesville, impacting our community by lifting the curfew of Market Street Park? I walked by Market Street Park this morning. The tents are multiplying, and they're multiplying quickly. As Sam Sanders, the city manager, villainized the homeless. It's not so much, from my perspective, the accountability on the shoulders of the homeless. Instead, it's on local government offering a green light of lawlessness. We'll talk Mike Cotches in a press conference that will happen on Thursday. Chief Cotches will show body cam footage of this alleged interaction between a police officer and a homeless man in Market Street Park. This alleged interaction was depicted in a city council meeting a couple of weeks ago, frankly a week ago, and this alleged interaction got us to this point, a point of lawlessness in the most prestigious park in the city of Charlottesville. I want to thank some of the partners of the show. First, I want to give props to a locally owned business that I'm very proud to call a partner, and that's Skuma Boutique Dispensary. It is locally owned and operated by a husband and wife that are raising their kids in Crozet, by a husband that's a military veteran, by a husband that is a businessman and a serial entrepreneur, by a man that's creating jobs in this community, and his name is David Trecarici. You're going to see him in about three minutes on this show. And I'm going to try to depict the day in the life of David Trecarici in Charlottesville, Virginia. Before we welcome David to the program, I got a, a couple of notes from the notebook I need to get out there. On Thursday of this week at 2.30 p.m., Chief Michael Cotches, the George Clooney of policing, it's a good-looking guy, that Mike Cotches, he's going to have a press conference and this press conference, he's going to show the body cam footage of a police officer's interaction with a homeless person in Charlottesville, Virginia. This body cam footage will offer perspective on a topic that has very much dominated the news cycle. One person, an activist, before a city council meeting, on the record, said she watched, allegedly, a police officer kick a homeless man. And because of that comment, because of that alleged interaction, Sam Sanders, the city manager, and his nearly quarter million a year in total compensation, 
has decided to lift the curfew in the most prestigious park in the city, Market Street Park, the park formerly known as Lee Park, formerly known as Emancipation Park, formerly known as Freedom Park, the park next to the downtown mall, the most important eight blocks in the city of Charlottesville, the park a few blocks down from the Charlottesville Police Station, the park a few blocks down from two courthouses, one for Albemarle, one for the city of Charlottesville, the park a block and a half down from this studio, the park next to the family offices, the hedge funds, the law firms, the park smack dab in the middle of the city of Charlottesville. It is now Tent Town, synonymous with San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. Is that what you want for your Charlottesville brand? We'll talk about that on this program. I've told you, the conversations may make you uncomfortable, but they're authentic, they're real, and they're honest. I give props to Judah Wickhauer, the director of this show. And on that note, Judah, if you could go to the two-shot, and let's welcome David Trecarici to the show. This gentleman has joined us on the program a number of times. I've noticed over the times of you coming on the program, you've gotten leaner, more muscular, <laughs> the haircut on point. You're looking good, David. Thank How you. are you, my friend? Doing well, Jerry. How are you doing? Doing well. You have a, a third uh, child um, on the way, second trimester, with your beautiful wife who is watching the program right now. Kirsty, tell us uh, love. tell us about the third child. Boy, girl, you got a uh, name pick? No, we're gonna wait until they I love it. arrive. Yep. I love yeah, it. So we'll it's gonna be out. a surprise. Surprise, yep. Surprise. Any any names on the short list? No, we're not I haven't gotten to that point yet. Now we got a couple months. Tell us about your uh, two kids. They're excited. I think it's gonna help uh, change them for the better and mature them and just change the dynamic a little bit. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm excited, I'm very grateful, very fortunate. You know, this is something that is very important to a lot of people, and myself included. It's like the mo most important thing is family and and continuing and building off of uh, you know the past, present, and future. Amen, brother. Do you have a son and daughter? One of each. Yeah, right uh, now. How about their names? Uh, Ellie and Luca. I love yeah. it. Yeah. What's um, fatherhood like for you? Uh, it's awesome. A lot of sports. Um, you know, trying to support the. Uh, you know, the head of the uh, the household, you know, boots on the ground is definitely Kirsty. She makes it all work, you know, flawlessly. And I just try to, like, throw in anything I can to help. Like, what do you need or what can I do or, you know. And then uh, together I think we make a pretty good team, though, because uh, we're raising two wonderful kids. And they're, uh, we're very proud of them. And they're, 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 yeah, trying to make them good little humans. I love it. I yeah. feel the same way. We, we have a lot in common. Admiral County Public Schools? Oh, uh, yep. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. So for now, yep. You live in Crozet? Yep. Yeah. She, uh, their parent, uh, Kirsty, um, born and raised in Crozet. I'm born and raised in Charlottesville, so staying local. I'm proud to champion this aspect of your life. Um, a military veteran. Mm -hmm. David yeah. is. Yes, sir. Um, David, a product of Charlottesville schools. Yep. Black Knights. Black Knights. Yeah. <laughs> give, us the, uh, give us the flip book of you from growing up in this area through high school and, and what you experienced living in Charlottesville, Virginia. You're roughly how old? I uh, just turned 32. It's 32 years old. Yeah. Okay, so you graduated from high school, was it 2007, 2008, 2009? Nine, yeah. 2009? Yeah. Okay, tell us what you remember of growing up in Charlottesville in the uh, early 2000s. Give us a flip book of good. what you remember. Um, I was lucky to 
being in Charlottesville, so like I was on Agnes Street. So if anyone knows Agnes off Rye Road, that big windy curve coming down, anyone who's local is known. It's been a destination for two holidays, both uh, trick-or-treating, a lot of cars lining the streets, dumping kids off, going door to door. And this is, you know, Agnes and Holmes and the, uh, all the way up to like the Locust Grove neighborhood. If you go up north, um, Christmas lights, you know, it's a good neighborhood, uh, good schools, right? Burley Moran, Walker, Buford, CHS, great, great, diverse environment, um, positive influence, I think, by the, uh, just the dynamic culture of the of the city schools you know we have the irc that brings in i don't know what the count is of how many different countries we're lucky enough to have is this the international rescue committee right yep so um if your kids are in charlottesville city schools you're going to be you know you're lucky enough to be able to have them immersed with you know dozens of other cultures and so that was something i got to i thought was a pretty cool experience growing up and then it furthered that when we graduate when i graduated high school and uh uh, well, I take a step back, you know, where actually Kirstie and I met, a Crozet girl and a Charlottesville boy, uh, of course. Uh, where, how are they going to cross paths? So it was actually at KTEC, Charlottesville Admiral Technical Education Center. So um, growing up on that side of the tracks, right, like, uh, you know, middle class and, and uh, you know, more of a drive on hard work and um, perseverance and doing the right thing and, uh, it, it, you know, matching your dreams and your capability and full potential, less so than like checking the box with college. So co- college wasn't really in the op, you know, in the, in the playbook for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, right after the army, or excuse me, right after K Tech graduation from that, Charlotte High School left for United States Army. Got a little before bit before you went to the army. Tell me about uh, the downtown mall. Your your boy Keith oh. Campbell giving you some What's props. Up, Keith? <laughs> Stephanie Wells Rhodes of the Interstate family. Interstate's hey, a home's best friend. She says, always one of our favorite for Christmas lights. Oh, Agnes Street? Up. Yeah. Agnes Street. Yeah. That's what she Lily says. Lily Lane, Holmes. You got the TV station down the road watching you, yeah. one of the local newspapers watching you. If you want to give David some props, put them in the feed. I'll relay them live on air. Yeah. Growing up in Charlottesville, before you met a, let's cut to the chase, both you and I outkicked our coverage when it comes to our wives. <laughs> We're lucky to have them. I say this literally every day, but before you met uh, Kirsty at through KTech, right? Talk to us about what you remember of the downtown mall as a high schooler. Say, what's that? Two thousand six, two thousand seven, right. two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, even before that. So uh, you know, me and my friends growing up, Keith, one of them, Owen, Jordan, Mark, a handful of us would always ride bikes all around, right? So we'd always bike down to the mall as kids, and that was it. You so know. you'd bike from Rio Road. From Agnes, yeah, do yeah. the back, you know, yeah, it was, um, and we'd go down there because that was, the, like you said, the best eight blocks in Charlottesville, right? So we'd go there and, and get to just, you know, uh, go to the wine shop and get their day-old bread for 25 cents and ride our bikes around and uh, get Virgil soda or root beer. And, um, so, but most of our first jobs were down there. So my first job was with Terry and her daughter Joe at the Nook uh, before Stu bought it. And this was in, I don't whatever year it was, <laughs> you know, 2004, I think, maybe 2005. And uh, it was a good experience. You know, there's nothing like that smacks a kid harder in the face about work ethic than working, you know, 14 as a busboy in a restaurant, right? So you'd ride your bicycle from Agnes Street to the downtown mall where you worked a 14-hour shift. No, 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 no. I would... Uh, 
on a regular basis actually get suspended from Charlottesville City Schools have to be at the Harris Street Detention Suspension Center, all, all like down Preston, like behind. There's a funeral home down there. I think there's a really good brewery over there now, maybe. But second floor, right? Get suspension center, and then I'd walk from there to downtown mall where uh, my sister Lauren would be working and uh, Shannon, and they would drive me home. Uh, you know, after the ship, I think he, they closed pretty early then. They weren't really doing late night or dinner or anything. Did you feel school was not, you know, you, you got street smarts, you got business smarts out of the wazoo, man. I mean, I've seen you have success with an automobile dealership. Mm. I've seen you have success with Skuma. I've seen you have success with, with real estate investing. I've seen you come to the lead of a massive homeowners association as mm. president of the HOA. <laughs> I've seen you have success in fatherhood. I've seen you have success with the, the downtown businesses yep. and the owners and galvanizing them. I mean, you are the quintessential leader of people. Did you find, however, that school wasn't necessarily for you, that you were eager like I was to get into the money-making business yeah. world, the world of entrepreneurship? Throw that topic to you. Unpack it anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Um, it was a challenge. School was definitely a challenge for me. I mean, I, and I, I know I made it challenging for teachers and student and other students and and uh you know it's it not by intention but just by environment and situation so i was yeah very quick to always look for extra you know outside of school activities like k-tech which was a nice little break from the um the grind of the halls of chs and then also doing organizations like silver air patrol i was involved with which is a really great organization if anyone um wants you know, was looking for uh, their child to have a sense of purpose and drive. Um, and that's maybe uh, not related to school and then not related to like a sport. Um, Silver Air Patrol is kind of like a, it's the best kept secret of the Air Force, right? It's this paramilitary, it's like a mix between JRTC and Boy Scouts. Um, and it's, uh, it's called Civil Air Patrol and it, it really helps you with discipline and, you know, paving the way for either aerospace education or military service or whatever you know the cadets dream is it, it was a good program for sure and it's local and or it's nationwide but there's local branches and or we, yeah so uh, when when you're when you're uh, a teenager and you're coming downtown to work at the nook did you feel ever threatened or or not safe no no not at all it's yeah. changed hasn't it? it was busy it was it was busy well i i still don't think there's uh like a um, vile like unsafety or, or you know i know there's a lot of going on there but um how was it different and how was it the same uh i think the same is you still have that protection right there still seems like this invisibility cloak on charlottesville that you know whether good or bad and and it's, i think has affected us in good and bad ways over the last you know uh over its entire existence but it seems to be like this level of protection on them all. That seems to stay the same where everyone is actually truly safe. There's just different things you witness, right? And when you're growing up, there's cool things to witness like First Night Virginia, which I think my one thing that I'd want for them all would to bring that back. Um, growing up, it was amazing. I don't know if anyone has been around when they were like, the, it was an entire festival on the mall. Every single uh, business was a participant around New you Year's Eve. You, you couldn't walk around. Yeah, it was. New, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, um, there was vendors everywhere, balloon animals, fam, family fun, um, and that stopped even a little bit before COVID. And it, I think that and the ice rink really started shifting 
like what the downtown mall is, right? To this family friendly, you know, central meeting place for all demographics to, you know, they start getting rid of these things that are attractions like staple, you know, cornerstone uh, things like First Night Virginia and the ice skating rink. And it's like, well, you get rid of those things, what's going to fill in the blank, right? So, you know what I mean? So you've got to be ready to fill in that blank with something good and productive. And unfortunately, I think Charlottesville just hasn't, you know, it, it, it has left business owners and entrepreneurs and community leaders to fill in those blanks um, with little help, guidance, or assistance from the city. I want to unpack that. I want to talk about the day in the life of a business owner in downtown Charlottesville. He owns Skuma Boutique Dispensary, a dispensary that's doing it the right way with certificates of analyses. It's clean. It's vibrant. It's well lit. He's got security. Mm. He and his wife are actively involved with the store on a daily basis. They're monitoring what's happening here. And I'm going to ask you a very pointed question. Okay. And Judah, rotate the headlines on screen with one shots, if you could, please. A very pointed question for you. Do you feel the city of Charlottesville is supporting small business owners in downtown Charlottesville? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't I mean, maybe that's not their necessary responsibility to, like, but, I mean, we, uh, you know, have a fiduciary responsibility to provide them quite a bit on our end on a daily reoccurring non-stop non-negotiable basis in forms of tax revenue but we there's just this unspoken you know it's just there right there's no presence there's no you know the only interaction i've had is with the the true behind the scenes king mayor and leader of the downtown mall fabio of the zoning right like you know everything if it's not red brick it needs to go so uh so until there's that outward uh, facing city representative that doesn't go around like trying to like do whatever the, the, the day of that, you know, um, and it's more of a positive side, right? Rather than going after the businesses for trying to do stuff and then it may have missed the mark per the city's eyes and then trying to force compliance, maybe they could, um, you know, help these small businesses along, you know. Because <laughs> so I will say there is an organization. It's not related to the city of Charlottesville, but it's it's phenomenal. It is helping businesses and it's helping the downtown mall in big ways. Um, and it's the Friends of Seville. Talk to us about that. Really? By Fabio, he means um, a gentleman who works in City Hall. Mm-hmm. Fabio's uh, responsibility is to enforce mm-hmm. uh, rules and regulations, right? Um, as it applies to the downtown mall. We're often seeing him, and, you know, and, and, and props to him, you know, mm-hmm. folks that Yeah, he gets have, it. He gets it for he sure. He gets it for sure, uh, <laughs> like a peddler's license that sets up a table on the downtown mall. They legitimately have to pay the city a fee. $800 a year, yeah, I believe it is. To, to have a peddler's license. And part of his responsibility is enforcing these rules and regulations around downtown Charlottesville. Zoning, signs. Yeah. Signage, zoning, walkability. Um, He's the alfresco dining, the patios. He's enforcing mm-hmm. those as well. And to his credit, I've heard this from a lot of people in downtown Charlottesville that are entrepreneurs. He gets it. Mm-hmm. He understands the plight and the difficulty of a being a business owner. And the last thing he's trying to do is encumber a business owner with more red tape. Right. Um, so I think he does get it. I want to get back to one of the statements you made yeah. that you said, and you spoke with confidence and conviction, 
that you don't feel the city is supporting small businesses downtown. Mm. Can you give us specific examples of what you've seen? So, so like the like I said, like you know, engaging again. I, I, we can use a zoning official rather because I don't want to use his name and, and act like I'm attacking him or anything. Because I again I agree, very important position. Um, regulation at a control means is still necessary, right? But you know, like that amount of enforcement on signage and like the proper color and the amount of signage and like seating and like, so we're going to spend this much time investment effort and energy on that, but like completely turn a blind eye to the real issues and, and, and problems. Like and what are that's the real my issues, friend. you think? So just like, you know, uh, it's, it's difficult and, it, and I'm not saying I'm going to have the solution or anything, but you know, and, and enabling people's, poor decisions that have negative effects on others, right? So, like, um, not addressing the elephant in the room or the person in, in the walkway or the, you know, or, you know, whatever the, the underlying issues may be. We don't have to always focus it on, you know, displaced individuals, but we can, you know, focus it wherever it needs to be. But I just don't think it needs to be on, like, f- color of the frame of signage that a business is trying to, you know, hustle stay alive right so why, why don't i do this i'll try to fill in the blanks and i respect your your position yeah. here yeah. Uh, uh david david has to play it um a little more um safely or in the middle right than i do um right. because he relies his business on foot traffic um and tremendous support from the community mm-hmm. if i was unpacking what you were saying it seems like a lot of the focus from local government is on potential minutiae like size of signs, whether or not you can put an artificial turf with two nice lawn chairs <laughs> outside a business to have folks sit and then find out that that's not allowed and they remove it. They're focusing on minutia and red tape, perhaps, instead of saying, look, these eight blocks are, are pretty much busy with aggressive panhandling and folks sleeping in, in doorways. And I've seen, I've been here 23 years, so not as long as you. You're mm-hmm. 32, you said? Uh, minus the time in Fort Hood and Iraq, but so yeah. You've been here longer than me. In my 23 years of Charlottesville, I, and I'll be very straightforward, I've seen the mall deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's frustrating to me because I've worked extremely hard like you. I'm clocking you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Would love to give this building that we're in to our boys. Make them earn it. Yeah. They're not going to get a gift out of it. They're going to earn it. Yeah. But I want the mall to be here long They're going to know where all the cleaning supplies is in every cabinet. They're going to wash the windows, yeah, <laughs> sweep the floors, clean the bathrooms, clean the seats. My wife and I have a plan in place for that. But I'm concerned, David. I'm concerned that like I'm seeing Market Street Park become tent town. Mm. I'm concerned that um, freedom of speech protects aggressive panhandling. Mm. I'm concerned that you come downtown Charlottesville at 7 a.m. I'm down here routinely very early because I have a passion for what I do. And at, what I see at 7 a.m. is very different than what the average Joe or average Sally may see at 12 p.m. or at 1 p.m. 7 a.m., the mall is kind of waking up from nighttime. And at 7 a.m., you see folks sleeping in the doorways and the entry quarters. You see the hardworking Parks and Recs guys. Those guys are, those guys are grinding. Awesome. Cleaning they're there, the trash. They're there 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Taking out the trash. Hosing, washing, Blowing. cleaning. Exactly. I mean, they're freaking rock stars. I, I would encourage any of the viewers and listeners of this talk show to check out the downtown mall between, call it, just before sunrise 
to 7.30 in the morning. And you will see them all in a very different way than if you see it on Gorgeous. Saturday in the middle of the day. The, be- the birds are almost deafening. The, uh, there's plenty of people walking and jogging. The, the cleaning crews are out. It, it, it's a good, you know, there's some pride to it, right? Like, I'll, I'll throw this to you here. What, how has the, give us a firsthand perspective of how you've had to capably and gently manage uh, <laughs> folks around your store. Uh, so you, I find managing yourself is where you have to start because when you're dealing with someone going through like either their worst day or mental health issues or a cl- complete disregard to anything logical, you kind of have to like, you know, almost it makes you uh, have to tighten up when you deal with them because there's been times, you know, you have to deal with them, right? But you can't go to the, you know what I mean? You can't, don't make yourself have a bad day because someone else is, right? You don't, don't go crazy because someone else is um, doing it. But, you know, I, it, 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 it's important to maintain, like, the law and order and copacetic um, transactional dealings everywhere, right? So downtown's not excluded from that. We need a good place. And I think it is, I, I mean... I know it's easy to paint that picture of the homeless, and there are everywhere, and it is an, an issue. Is it and impacting your business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it impacting your bottom line? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. How so? Um, just because there's, you know, uh, when people are walking in, visiting, or maybe they haven't been down in a while, or when I'm at a birthday party, listening to their parents talk about how, you know, what they witnessed, or what someone said to them when they went down there, or... You know, just hearing those things, yeah, they hurt, right? Like being in, being here for two decades, when someone talks crap about the downtown mall, you know, you kind of take it personal or whatever, right? So like, I feel the same. You know, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely challenging. It's it's you know, uh, how have you spent your own money from the business to manage the panhandling and the homeless that are around your business? Have you done that? Uh, no. So I I. And, like, I spent money trying to help, you know, as far as, like, with causes that I would believe that would help them. And, uh, you know, like, feeding, uh, you know, providing, you know, full spread of food for them. You know, I volunteered at the Haven for a while a couple years ago before the, uh, I had my kids. And then I tried to keep that going with Skuma by feeding them on the mall on, on like, you know, holidays and stuff. But, um and then uh, donating to different organizations and stuff that would, you know, help them. Uh, we did something with Pacha when it got really cold. When, uh, that cold snap, I think it was about a, like a year and a half ago or something, or like, like the, the winter of 21. Um, you know, putting some up in hotels, like it was immediate action that was expensive, but we got like good deals on it. We put a ton of, you know, we just rounded, you know, rounded up as many people as we could and stuck them in hotel rooms to just brave the sub-zero temperatures. Um, you did the partnership with Tristan? Yeah, did that for a while, and yeah, we're looking for additional partners. Um, yeah, I mean, but that stuff's hard to do when you don't see positive results, right? Like, you feel like you're doing the right thing, and you realize you're just maybe pissing in the wind, you know? So, like... Talk to us about that. Um, yeah, I just... Well, so, like, from my, you know, growing up and and personal experiences and then what I've continued to see here is just continuing to solidify that I I just 
strongly believe that if someone's doing a bad behavior and they're not being stopped, then they're going to continue to do it. And when I, I shouldn't say bad behavior. I should say any behavior, right? Like if either if you get instant praise or reward from what you're doing, right? We're, we're still animals, right? We're going to continue doing that, right? So until the day happens to where uh, those uh, very aggressive or, you know, uh, just inflammatory uh, actions stop or stop being allowed to happen, then they're not, you know, they're not going to stop until. What's your <laughs> take on Sam Sanders lifting the curfew? I heard about it from the first from you just just a minute ago, but I mean, I just again, it's people who are trying to do the right thing, but are either they're just too far away from the problem, right? Like they're they're trying to create solutions from a problem that they have they don't even understand, and that, I think that can sum up a lot of the problems in Charlottesville, like you know, just not close enough, not not seeing it, not seeing the nitty gritty, and just. Their only representation is that during their mandated scheduled meetings, right? Uh, there's no more. I know a lot of people, and I'm, I'm going to flack for this, a lot of people didn't like um, um, Chief Brackney, right? A lot of people did not like her. And yeah, I know you have your views on her. Um, but on a personal level, I mean, she walked them all. You know, and I would communicate with her and talk with, talk with her. And maybe her views and alliance were outside of the barriers of mine. But... Um, we need that. You need that, like, physical representation in person, right? What do you think of Chief Cautious? He's good. I like him, yeah. Why do you like Chief Cautious? I, I like getting, showing the respect to um, community members and leaders, right? I, I think that's very important when you're in a position of power is to uh, not give it away, but help share it, right? Share that power. that You know, he can make a lot of things happen as chief of police, you know, and what he's—I think what he is making having is very positive. I think so as well. I see Chief Cautious um, walking the streets and uh, putting in the work, and I see Chief Cautious giving, um, utilizing uh, empathy with policing, um, and I see Chief Cautious wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt, but still policing fairly and by the letter of the law. He came on the show and he sat in your chair and he basically explained the position of the police department. He's like, we get the phone calls all the time about the homeless and the aggressive panhandling, but we can't do anything about it because it's a, a free, it's see, a protection that's, of freedom. That's bullshit. Freedom oh, speak. I know. I, see, that's a bullshit response. Why I do believe. you think that? Because I've, uh, they've gotten better, but like. Like the whole, like my hands are tied. I've heard a lot. I, I, you know, I've, I've heard it a lot from law enforcement and it, it's easy. It's an easy, like, oh, look, like, you know, there's not going to be any prosecution or look like, you know, city council says this or look that like to me, that is uh, just not, I don't think that's an acceptable answer. Like if you have boots on the ground in the presence that now you're solving stuff before it becomes an issue, right? Presence patrols, right? I mean, what, I mean, I know that I'm making it sound a lot easier than it is. But no, no, no. We, you you're, you're entitled to your opinion. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't, anytime that anyone defers or tries to like push away responsibility is, I'm like, that's when I want to like hone in further. Like, okay, well then what can you do? We'll take it a step further here. Um, there was a curfew at the park on Market Street of 11 o'clock. And the city manager, who's brand new on the job, I, I, you know, my personal feeling is Sam Sanders has made a tremendous error here. 
he's lifted the curfew. Mm. Basically saying a park is now a campground because there's no curfew. And he's even welcomed. Yeah, hookups. What's that? They got hookups, 40 amp, or 30 amp, 50 amp? No, I no. don't believe. Judah may be able to correct me on that. I don't think there's any electrical in the park. Um, <laughs> Judah's... Electrical? Yeah, electricity. Uh, Are you on a three-shot with your mic on so folks can hear you? There are outlets in the park. There are outlets in the park. I stand corrected. And they're on the base of the lights? Yeah. On the park, there you go. I stand corrected. Thank you very much, Judah. That's why I'm going for you right there. Thank you, Judah, for that. So, you know, one man's opinion, I'll throw it to you. Um, I mean, I, we manage brands and we create content for a living. Mm. It's very different than having to sell, you know, um, cannabis, mm. um, CBD, and Delta 8 for a living and rely on folks to come in off the street and into a store mm. and to sell them a product. Right. The product that I'm selling is something that can be created with two people and streamed on the internet and folks want to gravitate to it and then the partners follow. Right. So I'm not necessarily, I'm not relying on foot traffic at all. Okay. So I can be a little bit more uh, bold with my statement. <laughs> um, I think the city manager has made a grave error and he is brand new on the job and he's essentially been bullied by a very small group of people, activists and socialists, who have bullied him into pulling a curfew on the park. And of course, what's going to happen is it's going to turn into a homeless encampment. And why the, the houseless folks gravitate to downtown Charlottesville is because there's soup kitchens um, and there's organizations and nonprofits and churches that provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they, the folks are chilling around downtown Charlottesville because they're getting free meals around downtown Charlottesville. And as Judah just said, they're charging their cell phones around downtown Charlottesville with the many free electrical outlets out there. A lot of folks don't realize this. The entire downtown mall has free Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi for folks to hop on it. So here's the scenario we've created in downtown Charlottesville. We've got nonprofits. We've got churches and organizations providing free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We got free electricity, we got free internet, and now we got a free place to stay. And we're surprised that we have a homeless or houseless problem in downtown Charlottesville that's impacting a father and a businessman of three. We talked to Mike Rohde of Rapture. We talked to Wilson Ritchie. I mean, good Lord, what's Wilson got here? He's got the whiskey jar. He's got the Bevadero. He's got Cafe Frank. You talk to Annie McClure at Citizen mm. Burger Bar. You talk to Courtney at Tillman's and Courtney at, uh, help me out over here, Tonic. I'm going to use some vulgar language here. Okay. okay. And I'm preparing the moms that. I may, usually do. Okay. I'm preparing <laughs> I'm the moms that may be streaming this in the car with their children listening. And there's a lot of moms that say our children are listening to the show, Jerry. So be mindful. So I'm giving you a heads up. You may want to lower the volume here. She said at Tonic, and she posted this on our Facebook page, that she saw one of the houseless individuals pull out, I mean, what's the language? I guess pull out his penis and masturbate in front of her staff. Yeah, I accept, yeah. Literally, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. She had another time where a homeless individual 
came into the restaurant with a broken bottle as a weapon and tried mm-hmm. to attack staff. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally happening right now. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I'll throw this to you. You go anywhere you want to go here. My wife and her girlfriends won't come down mm-hmm. for cocktails at night. Right. I think we got to do something. You're a yeah. leader. I yeah. think I'm a leader. Yeah. I think we got to do something. And unfortunately, I think what, how it starts is by having the conversation before a movement happens. Anywhere you want to go on anything I just talked about. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's impossible to control other people, but if we can continue to try to control their environment, I think we're going to have a good outcome. And it, it won't be overnight. Um, and the control measures won't be easy, but they're logical. And if implemented, I, I believe they would work, right? Like having a presence, having well-lit uh, alleys and entrance corridors and uh, places for uh, egress and degress of the mall for pedestrians, um, you know, enforcing no trespassing orders and uh, keeping people off, you know, uh, private property. But I, I mean, I really, I think like just having cameras and lights and a presence, right? That, that takes care of most of it, right? This is what Amy, Amy Whalen posted on the feed. Mm-hmm. And she's looking for us for guidance. She says she's extremely concerned to come down here. And she shouldn't be. I don't think her or your girlfriend. I, I mean, I don't think there is. Again, I think there's like this cloak of uh, people in Charlottesville who thinks like you know either the problem's worse or the situation's more dire than the, than it truly is because there is like this like umbrella of safety that we all get to enjoy. Um, so I don't think it's that bad. But I understand coming from that. Uh, um, or I, I, I hear what they're saying, you know, and I hear it in passing when I'm out on the mall and you hear people that are visiting for the first time say comments or, or you hear the comments that are said to them. Um, but I really think if we just, like, developed that action plan, we could change so much over a season, right? And then, like, start 2024 with a good, welcoming... I want to do that. Yeah. That's what I want. Downtown Mall. I want to be solutions oriented like you. So the solutions you've highlighted are: let's make sure we have better lighting, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make sure we have um, cameras, a more uh, ubiquitous or robust camera system Mm -hmm. for downtown Charlottesville, right? Right. Um, I was astonished to find out that there's no police 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 beat officer after hours or around bar. Mm-hmm. when the bars let out or at night mm-hmm. because they're short-staffed. I wanna, I, one of the reasons we've partnered with the police department on the show is to encourage the community to join the police force and to fill <laughs> the vacancies. They were yeah. a, a third down with their police force staffing-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from our contacts in the department that those, oh, those vacancies are starting to fill. Good. But lighting, um, cameras filling the vacancies in the police department, returning multiple beat officers to the downtown mall. have to. Compensating the police officers more, Mm -hmm. finding out a way for the police officers to live in the community that they police and serve instead of having to drive 30, 40 minutes away because they can't afford to live in the city. I mean, can you imagine? I'll throw this to you. In fact, this is a great question for you because you served, you were a a military veteran. 
these men and women, and I say this all the time, heroes don't wear capes, they wear, they wear badges. And these men and women in the city of Charlottesville who are risking their life and their safety feel marginalized or ostracized by the community because they can't afford to live here or even a portion of the community throws shade at them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just have a, such, I guess, empathy for these folks that are risking their, that literally have mm -hmm. to wear a gun. You had to do this. Wear a gun and a bulletproof vest mm -hmm. for protection for their job. And then a portion of the community is either throwing shade at them mm -hmm. or the community in totality is saying, you can't afford to live here. Right. Anywhere you want to go on that topic. Can I, can I go completely with Anywhere my ADHD mind out please, here? Please. So speaking of throwing shade, and I don't think it's good to, but I think it's good to have accountability and responsibility. There are organizations set up with significant infrastructure, footprint, and physical locations in this community that are not doing what they need to be doing or what they're, um, uh, you know, provided funds to be. To, and and I'm, I'm namely speaking about one. And, I, you know, if, if anyone, again, if, if anyone takes it personal, I, I, that's not my intent. My, my intent is no one there sucks, right? The, the organization itself sucks. Like, so if we're having this huge problem and there's a lot of issues, like, what is the go-to organization in the city for this that is everywhere? For the downtown mall? No, just if you... Is it city council? No, if you're a human being and you're going through some issues, who can you turn to that can, like, make it all better, whether it being uh, marital support, financial support, emotional support, uh, housing? I think that's, a, that's splintered among a, a number of different organizations. Well, there's only one that I know that has a physical... Is that Region 10? Region 10. Yeah. They have buildings everywhere, right? They have, like, throughout this community. There's abandoned one in Crozet. I'm pretty sure they're all abandoned. I don't know. I mean, there's, like, the big suite up across from the Fifth Street um, County, you know, uh, the um, Alp, is the... Um, county office building? County, no, the, the Fifth Street, the annex, yeah, across okay. the way. The Region 10 has a, um, like, a rehabilitation uh uh, apartment complex or, you know, one of their, they have a very vast footprint network and infrastructure, right? They've got them. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't seem like, I don't know if they're, are they coming to the table or they come, I mean, I, maybe they're doing more background stuff than I, I understand, but it just seems like everything I've ever heard from anyone who's ever used them myself, my family growing up, when we, when we turned to them, it just seemed like it wasn't, it's never been there, right? Like, to have that and then not, and not being utilized properly seems to be a little hurtful, right? Well, one of the things, you know, that we've tried to champion on this show is for a joint venture with Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville, where Albemarle County, the jurisdiction, and the city of Charlottesville, the jurisdiction, they pool taxpayer dollars and they create a campus. And this campus is not in the epicenter of shopping or entertainment or of food and beverage or of government or finance, the downtown mall. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's probably somewhere in Almoro because the city of Charlottesville is landlocked and has very little area left to develop. And we create a campus that's built around, you know, housing and, and, and showers and laundry 
that has electricity so and the, internet. The, the Haven, but not downtown. Yeah. Like, if the Haven, <laughs> if the Haven met the Salvation Army, and if the Haven, the Salvation Army, Region 10, Patch mm-hmm. and these Patch soup kitchens, organization. and these soup kitchens, and, and some of these thrift stores somehow all got molded into one resume building, mm-hmm. um, mental health drug addiction support, alcohol addiction support, all these aspects of the mental health and house and houseless crisis that we're dealing with, the addiction crisis that's clearly been present. I mean, it's worsened since COVID. Mm-hmm. It's clearly worsened since COVID. But this was done in an area somewhere in Almoral County, not in the epicenter of shopping, not the downtown mall. And we pull our taxpayer resources Maybe it's a vote, a referendum, where citizens have to vote on this. I would bet this would have significant support from the mm-hmm. Charlottesville and Almoral County communities. And I, I would bet if this was executed correctly, that the incremental tax revenue that comes from cleaning up downtown Charlottesville, where quality of life is returned and brand image is rehabilitated, that will drive more foot traffic and more people spending money downtown, which creates more tax dollars for Charlottesville. I bet you if we do this in a way where Almoral County gets cleaned up as well, we see it in Almoral County as well. Mm-hmm. It's not unique to Charlottesville. That will drive incremental tax resources. I, that It would pay for itself many times over, this right. campus, this idea. What were you thinking? Something I, popped in your head. Something, the thing that popped in my head, we could solve multiple issues we could uh, have the homeless drive our school buses for amar county well you'd have to get them cdls make sure they're you know they're clean mm-hmm. you know um certainly from a drinking standpoint and um uh, i don't know man i, I get, here's here's what i'll throw to you is i think um and again i can play this a little differently than yeah no no no, no yeah you, yeah, it's great. I, I love I'm it. nervous. I've, David, I'm nervous. I'm nervous what I'm seeing. I'm nervous because, folks, the number one way that people pull to downtown Charlottesville is down Market Street. Mm-hmm. The reason I bought this storefront is because I know there's 10,000 plus cars that go by there every day. Mm-hmm. The number one reason, number, number one way people go to downtown Charlottesville is past a park that's now a homeless encampment. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Occupy Charlottesville from 2011. This might have been when you were in the service, when you were uh, in the Army. I was in Iraq in 2011. In yep. 2011, you were in Iraq. Mm-hmm. When you were in Iraq, the, the Occupy Wall Street movement hit Charlottesville. And for months, that park, Market Street Park, turned into a plot of land that was lawlessness. There was rape. There was needle use, alcohol use, assault, sexual assault, physical assaults. And the police could do nothing. Mm. And Sam Sanders, by saying there's no curfew in this park, has basically neutered the police. The Mm. police aren't going to go anywhere near that. What can they do to police the park now? There's no curfew to leverage to police the park. Sam Sanders has neutered the police. And you're a leader. And you pay taxes, which are in part used to pay his salary. Mm-hmm. and his benefits and I pay taxes and a lot of people don't realize this when we pay our taxes you should tell people what, what the city requires us from taxes these taxes are paid in advance for the entire are they not? in advance for the entire year we're paying Business taxes license, yeah. yeah what is it? is it the B-poll tax? well we I mean we yeah we have like 
uh, on different levels, like yeah, business license. We have, I mean, we're pro- we're having to project our gross revenues in the first quarter of the year and pay our taxes on in Q1 <laughs> based on projections for the entire year and give a lump sum to the city. Mm. Right. Well, I do a lot. Of, we do a lot of like remitting sales and use, but it's a lot of money. Like we, send, I mean, can you put it in perspective? Will you? I don't. You don't have to if you don't I mean, want to. We. I mean, just our you know sales and use tax right is over five percent right. So every dollar you know, I mean, and the restaurants have it even more right. I mean, ten meals tax is nuts right. It's nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's literally nuts. Have you guys gone to a restaurant in Charlottesville, Virginia, and looked at the itemized receipt of your bill? and seeing how much of the itemized receipt of your bill at a local restaurant is going to meals tax? I mean, Johnny Ornalis, you're watching the program. I think he's told me before, and Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong. Send me a direct message, Johnny, on this. Let me see if Johnny's watching the program. He is watching. Johnny, is it 11%? He owns Guadalajara and uh, El Mariachi. Is it 11% of the total bill going to taxes, J.O.? I just sent you a, a direct message. Your wife leaves this comment. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Kirstie is a smart lady. You're a lot smarter than me. Yeah. That's, you guys are both very smart. <laughs> Kirstie says this. It's sad when the homeless can afford to live here, but the police cannot. The city enables the behavior and does not provide solutions to move the city in a positive direction. I love Seville, but, we gotta do, but we've got to do better. I thousand percent agree. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent agree. What a lot of people aren't, what he's not saying, can I say it for you? I will straight up say it for you. You, had, you hired security mm-hmm. at Skuma. Right. For, yeah, b- both things for what we sell and the cash. And then, yeah, a lot of the, we, I mean, we have a lot of, I mean, we had, before I hired security, we would have weekly interactions, I would say. It was on a weekly, 50 times a year. We would have interpersonal re, uh, discourse with someone going through a, you know, whatever they're going through. One time a week, you had a, <laughs> all characterized it as a potential fiasco mm. with a houseless individual at school. Well, I don't even know. I mean, mental maybe, health, maybe drunk, mental drunk, health, yeah. drugs, some, some, mental health, some, houseless yeah. at Skuma, mm. right? Not anymore. Not, since, not, not one time since then. Since you <laughs> paid for security. Right. Presence. I'm telling you, yeah. we're, you know, like. How much does security cost you? It's a lot of. I can, I, will you, can I ask? Will you say? It's, it's uh, um, I mean, it's quite a bit. I mean, look up. So How we're much o- you pay in so, a year for security? So we're open, eight, you could, anyone could do the math. So we're open 80 hours a week, okay. right? We're open seven days a week, almost 12 hours a day. Uh, and, you know, we always have an armed guard there, right? And if, you, if you, anyone wants to look up what armed guard rates go for, you know. Is it 17 an hour? <laughs> no. 25 an hour? Would you trust anyone with a gun? I don't, I don't even know. Fortunately, I don't have to <laughs> yeah, have Yeah, one. luckily. Um, so, no, no, no. It's, it's significantly more. It's, Is it 30 an hour? Higher. Keep going. 50 but an time, hour. Time, but, no, not that much. But times 80 hours a week. So right? 80 times $40 an hour? Go Do that math if you want. <laughs> 80 times 40 an hour. That's 3200 a week. 52 weeks a year? Yeah. But to quote uh, Tom. Uh, He's spending $166,400 of his business money on security to have an armed guard at his store so he does not have to have the houseless mental health, mm-hmm. drunkenness, drug addiction interactions that he was previously having with people yeah. before the security was there. I'm going to give that number again. Yeah. $166,400, David. 
In the words of... That's a boatload of money. Did you hear that, Judah? In the words of uh, Tony Montana, it helps me sleep at night. Totally, because it's not <laughs> you that's having to deal with it. Right. And still, sometimes you had to deal with it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I want, I'm championing this guy. <laughs> I want you guys to understand what a small business owner on the downtown mall is going through right now. He is spending $166,400 a year for an armed guard at his store. And it, did it solve the problem? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. Dude, respect. Respect for you, man. Michael Buchensky is asking this question. Can the businesses get together and hire, hire private security to clear out the issues? I've asked that question before. Why does, Cosa Notra. Why does, okay. You call it Cosa Notra? Co- I'll, uh, the, the, I'll, I'll call it, I'll call it the Friends mafia. of Seville, the nonprofit. Yeah, that's a much better way to do it. Yeah. I mean, Friends of Seville, the nonprofit, pass the hat to the business owners on the downtown mall and contribute money to the downtown mall for private security to pace and, and, and foot traffic the eight blocks. Then the follow-up question to that would be, would local police want that? And the follow-up question to that would be, how would Sam Sanders, who just approved a homeless encampment next to the downtown mall, how would he manage that? Mm-hmm. Friends of Seville, would you hire a private security system or private security guards to walk the downtown mall? This gentleman right here, who's a successful businessman, literally just told us he spent $166,400 a year to have one armed guard 80 hours a week at Skuma. Mm-hmm. And it solved the problem for the most part, right? Correct. Friends of Seville, do you consider no, passing I would put that on them. Don't, I mean, they're no, awesome. They do a lot of good as stuff. As a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, and they may be able to figure out ways that are sustainable and some find that money but you know there we just got the ambassadors downtown but again and ambassadors and cso the cso's are awesome they're the heartbeat of the mall as far as when it comes What's to cso's community service officer so okay. it was our he just retired is the guy that looked like uh super mario with the mustache that was jacked that was riding the bike just and, recently yeah. uh, that's also arnett anyone who's a chs officer arnett he's the man he's the man he's the man i yeah. love that officer if, if anyone went to chs i so i refer him like next two let's go because he was always running the lunch line and that'd be his thing he was the man yeah the new C, cso is a gentleman that's a tall gentleman mm-hmm. an older gentleman that rides the bicycle also jacked that's who i'm talking about that's yeah. officer arnett yeah okay that's officer yeah arnett? he's good they're, they're all good they're all phenomenal but they don't have arresting power they don't have ticket writing power they don't have weapons they don't have they're you know retired guys looking for the benefits and a um, steady paycheck and you know another excuse not to do the honey do list you know they're they they care they're there they're a presence but you know, it's like the bare freaking minimum from the city, right? Um, or um, so then the, you have like the ambassadors, which is almost like more of a, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know how much they've helped the corner and UVA. I don't think that I'll throw this out here. I'll, I'll throw this out here, and I'll be straight. <laughs> you know, I'm a straight shooter. I think that the I think the yellow-shirted ambassadors that are walking the downtown mall are a joke. What about the corner? How about their presence on the corner? I mean, maybe they're helping on the corner. I'm not on the corner that often. Yeah. You know, I don't go to the corner that often. That's where they originate from. They They, originate from the corner. They're paid by for UVA. UVA is paying for I'm not sure. No, I know they are. Oh, you know they are. Okay. 100% fact. UVA is paying for The ones that are walking the downtown mall are often very out of shape. Mm. I'll leave it at that. I see them spending most of their time on their cell phones. 
and going out of their way to not engage with people. All I do is see them walking on around the mall in yellow shirts with maybe the idea is because they're wearing, wearing yellow shirts, maybe that can manage the perception. I'm on the mall every day. You're on the mall every damn day. Do you think those yellow-shirted ambassadors are providing any value proposition? Uh, I wouldn't be satisfied with their services if I was paying That's what for I'm it. saying. Yeah. And why not? Because uh, walking groups, right? Like, I don't know. They, you know, just lack of, yeah, lack of a lot. Yeah. Initiative. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, this guy is, David is a good man here. His business, Skuma, is a great business right here. So let me throw this to you here. Vanessa Park Hill in Earliesville. One way I support the homeless campus in the county is if it gets funded by the city's income from the revenue sharing agreement. I have no interest in my tax dollars enabling and cleaning up the lousy policy made by the city. I respect that, Vanessa Park Hill. I respect that 100%. I think it's important to emphasize that people coming to Charlottesville for the downtown mall tourist experience also spend their money in the county. Mm. So the city of Charlottesville and Almaro County are intertwined. These people that make the comment, I won't spend my money in Charlottesville, I won't go downtown because of their politics, well, I need you to realize this. Your home values in Almaro, your home values in Fluvanna, Louisa, and Orange are tied Green. to the success of Charlottesville, Virginia. Yep. As Charlottesville, Virginia goes, and as the downtown mall goes, Central Virginia goes. As the economy in downtown Charlottesville goes, the economies in Almaro County and all the other counties go as well. We are intertwined with each other, and those are facts. That is a factual statement, 100%. 100%. Yeah. We, I think a lot of our problem is that too much of the silos between Charlottesville and Albemarle and UVA. Boom. And right, Talk to us about that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious for anyone who's, who's around here, there's like that total disconnect. Um, and again, I don't like pointing fingers. I feel like I'm doing it a lot, but... Uh, you know, large organizations that are, um, you know, around 2008, 2007 terms, too big to fail. I feel like we have some organizations that are um, too big to be successful, right? Like they're like, you know, and, and when I say successful, I mean in whatever they're, they're trying to help us with because um, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a lot or enough. Um, and I, I mean like big organizations like the University of Virginia um, who – you know, I just, I do not feel like they're providing, they're not. I think UVA, and I'll straight up say this and I'll catch some serious heat. I was hanging out with Tim Rose, the CEO of the UVA Foundation on Monday. Uh, two Mondays ago. Literally. We were talking and having a conversation. I think the University of Virginia, and I'm going to be very frank here, and I'm not afraid of them. <laughs> One of maybe the only few in this community that are not. They are not carrying their own weight. They are buying real estate left and right. Destroying our tax base. They're destroying the tax base, taking commercial real estate off the tax rolls. Destroying perfectly well-built hotels and restaurants so they can put up their own ugly mammoth buildings of future esotericism. No, sorry, I shouldn't. Go ahead, Jerry. You say a lot better than I do. If you don't don't have to go down this road, you know, if you don't want to, I don't want to put you in a bad spot. But if the University of Virginia continues to purchase real estate in Almaro County in the city of Charlottesville and shelters said real estate in nonprofits where it doesn't have to pay taxes on said real estate, then the burden is going to fall on David, me, Judah, and you, the viewer and listener, to Mm -hmm. keep the jurisdictions financially afloat. 
-hmm. If UVA is not going to do um, what it's called a pilot program, a payment in lieu of taxes, where every year it kicks a sizable lump sum to Albemarle County and a sizable lump sum to the city of Charlottesville for the buildings that it owns to help keep the budgets afloat and heading in the right direction. And every year these damn governments are spending more and more money. I've never seen a government except for maybe Nelson County and what Jesse Rutherford is doing in Nelson where they said, you know what, we're going to spend less this year than when we did last year. Almoral don't do that. City of Charlottesville don't do that. Maybe it's the government's fault for every single year they're like, we're going to spend more and more and more. And it's certainly UVA's fault by school. They bought the Foods of All Nations, Ivy Square Shopping Center, mm-hmm. Foods of All Nations on Ivy Road, for $22 million. They're, the number one property owner in Almoral County is the University of Virginia. The number one property owner in the city of Charlottesville is the University of Virginia. Why as a community are we not demanding that the University of Virginia Pony up its pay, its its pocketbook, fourteen billion dollar endowment. The university doubled in the last how many years? It's getting. They they know how to invest some money. Props <laughs> to you, UVA. I wish they would invest some in infrastructure in their community. And now the UVA says this. University of Virginia will say this. Without us, there are no economies. Mm. And there's some truth to that. Bring but it. But you look what Harvard's doing. Harvard's oh, kicking money to its <laughs> jurisdiction payment in lieu of taxes program. We as a community should demand this and we should elect officials that run on platforms like this. I mean, I... This as is- someone who has not been to an institution of higher education, which is clear by the evidence of this interview, and my, That's not great, true. my grammar... Not true. You're doing a great job. <laughs> is, uh, like, you know, you've got to take them off their high horse, right? We put them up there, they're on it, they're, they're comfortable on it, um, when they first got on it, they owned, you know, there was a lot of you know, really atrocious things that you know, happened, including owning and trafficking four to 5,000 human beings. But we'll, we'll, we'll let that go if they can come to the table today. But they have not come to the table today, so I do not see the institution any different than it was then, right? Like, it's just a, the only difference, the only thing that's changed is measure of, the unit of time and the measure of time and where we're at on the scale of time. They're still the same, you know, quiet, uh, reserved, uh, very much out for themselves uh, organization. And it's huge, right? It's hu- They're very powerful, very, very influential. Uh, you know, when, when you can just buy up a neighboring country club and reflag it to your name and everything's hunky-dory and it, it wasn't even, you know... A drop in the bucket. That's that's some power, money, and influence, right? Lisa Costello highlights the Wells Fargo building that was just purchased by UVA. Kevin Higgins wants you to give a take, and everybody on this show right now is giving you some props mm-hmm. and saying what you're bringing by being honest here and being likable and approachable on this program is is a business that we want to support. J Dubs, make sure you, you have the lower thirds with our names on screen here. I'm seeing a white template on there. I want to throw this to you. Multiple questions are coming in fast and furious, and we have our 145 call with our VIP client. You've already gone 67 minutes of kicking ass right okay. now. Okay, whoops. We, we didn't continue that. No. But it's okay. We'll, no. we'll do it this, We'll time. do it another time. Yeah, we'll do it another time. You're welcome back here all the time. <laughs> okay. Every time. What should be – how about two questions, quick takes on two questions. Okay. Have Hit you me. seen concealed and carry permits increase in Charlottesville? Uh, if they're concealed, I hope I don't see them increase, right, because you're doing something wrong. Open carry is like a target. I don't, I, no, I think there's still a huge like trauma. I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's been 
pushed by like the you know just outside forces. There's a huge trauma associated with firearms in this community. Um, I've gotten a lot of flack for my security being armed, um, and I don't know it's necessary even think that that's necessarily like the the answer. But I mean, if that helps you feel protected, you know, I've always got mine on me, so like I, I feel you on that. But I don't know. I don't know if that. I'm sure there is an increase. I hope there's an increase because I believe everyone should utilize all their freedoms to the fullest extent. Um, and if any of those extents are hurt, then we should be talking a different story. But Will, Will <laughs> is it Nafi? Yeah, Will, my man. Giving you props. Said David always dropping wisdom. Spencer Pusher giving you some props. Carly Wagner Spen- says true Spencer statements. grew up down the street from me on Agnes. He's a fantastic electrician. Any, any audio-visual setup you oh, need? Oh, Spencer. Spencer Pusher. <laughs> uh, multiple folks are saying you got the, uh, the shell of the Dewberry Hotel, mm-hmm. owned by the extorting emperor of empty lots, Johnny Dewberry, who grew up in Waynesboro and played college football at Georgia Tech. Your take on the Dewberry Hotel. Friends of Seville did an awesome thing. They wrapped it up. It's the music box on Main. It looks great. They've done some other good things at intersections, uh, uh, putting some just nice little, like, string lighting up, um, flowers, paint jobs. Uh, we need more of that, like, grassroots, boots-on-the-ground initiative to make our community better. Um, less of that big, esoteric, you know, John Dewberries and endowment funds and universities and region tens that all on a collective level don't do shit for our community we need more friends of seagulls and the uh lewid kuttner who you know doesn't mind being out there talking with anyone he needs to talk to to make the situation a little bit better and that's what all i'm trying to do is just improve right same thing if you get one percent better every day my math's not very good uh judah might have to check me on this but at the end of the year you're 37 times better than you were when you started so let's get one percent better every single day that's all it takes all we want to do at this business is take one step forward every day literally judah judah and i have that talk every day we got four minutes left what do you make about this comment from carol thorpe who's in the jack jewett district of almaro county she says, I want to tag on to Vanessa's point. When we who live in Almaro County choose to spend our money in the county rather than the city, more of our tax dollars go to the schools, police, and infrastructure in the county. There's nothing wrong with that. She says, for the last 15 years, I have purposely spent as little in the city as possible. You have a chance to try to convince her otherwise. What would you say? Uh, so community. We're all community, right? I'm born and raised in Charlottesville, but moved out to Crozet for family ties and because I'm lucky enough to and fortunate enough to have done that. But, like, it's still the same community. Jerry was right on the money. Like, Central Virginia is Central Virginia as a whole. So if, you know, we've got to be in this together. I know a lot of people who say that they don't go to Charlottesville because they're homeless or they don't go because of this or that or all the shootings. But, you know, these are very small issues blown up on a bigger scale that you are not seeing with your own eyes. So I invite you to come downtown, um, spend your money. Don't feel like you have to be, like, that you not spending money in Charles is somehow helping somewhere. Uh, if you like, if you prefer to spend money online, you, or, you know, we have delivery, we have shipping. A lot of the retailers on the downtown mall will get their products to you. They understand it's a little bit more challenging. Um, there's parking, you know, uh, please still support us. There's a lot of us down there. I mean, how many, Jerry, you probably have the take on how many restaurants are down there. I mean, little boutiques, shops, um, walk up and down the, the downtown mall. There's no chains. Your, your chains online, like, you know, they're good and all. Um, 
But Downtown Mall is the number one shopping, dining, and entertainment district in a 300,000-person market we call Central Virginia. Number two is Barracks Road Shopping Center. Downtown Mall versus Barracks Road Shopping Center, locally owned mer merchants versus other merchants. It's not even comparable, and many of Barracks Road's merchants are chains that are not investing in this community. My man over here, David, his beautiful wife, and his soon-to-be three We're, kids live in the community. I, I'm proud to say that Skuma is also a... Uh, Pre premier porch picker for the front porch we, we're supporting their concert series uh so check out another great reason to go downtown the front porch please look it up it's a, a community uh music initiative that is done wonders uh from bringing um instruments to kids to the kids to the music dancing i mean it's a it's a i think it's a cultural epicenter of nonprofit veterans in our communities, the front porch. Johnny Ornalis confirms he's watching the program, the owner of Guadalajara and El Mariachi, 11% of a total bill for a restaurant in Charlottesville. And, what are, his bill, and what are the daily sales at every restaurant in Charlottesville? 11% of the bill goes to taxes. Yeah. At every restaurant in Charlottesville. <laughs> 11%, ladies and gentlemen, goes to taxes. My friend, 25 seconds for you. Closing thoughts anywhere you want to go. Skuma Boutique Dispensary on the Charlottesville Downtown Mall. Support a man like this and his family who's clearly committed to this community. Anywhere you want to go, David. I got 20 uh, seconds here. Skuma was just recently uh, uh, inspected thoroughly by VDAX, Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. We are deemed fully compliant and within uh, their regulation and uh, so everything's hunky dory with them, and he got uh, a surprise audit. Yeah. He passed with flying colors. <laughs> yeah, at Skuma. I mean, yeah, pretty pretty exciting. It was it was intense. Uh, there's a story behind it, but my, my team and managers freaking handled it falsely. We were totally in compliance. We knew it the whole time. We were just waiting on that inspection. It showed up randomly one day, and we were happy that it went the way it did. And uh, so, like, come see us. You know, VDAX, the same agency that regulates your gas pump at uh, or you know, the, the poultry farm over the mountain is said we're good to go. So come see us, please. Your, no synthetics. <laughs> your wife said, great job, honey. She loves you. Look, this is your yeah. best interview yeah. on the show. We talked about real stuff. Thank you, Beirut. <laughs> we talked about real stuff. Mm -hmm. Anytime you want to come back. Awesome. I'll sincerely see you soon. Sincerely mean that. Thank you, man. I appreciate sincerely you, mean that. Judah, Skuma, thank you. Yeah, Judah, thank you the you, man. Judah. Skuma Boutique Dispensary in the Charlottesville Downtown Mall. This is the water cooler of Charlottesville, guys. It's the I Love Seville show. It's real talk, dude. It may make you uncomfortable, but it's issues and it's topic matter that are important to a city. It's the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. So long, everybody. He's going to tell us when the mics and cameras are off. They will be off here in about 10 seconds. I'm going to come over here and get you some props. Yeah.